Thanks for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange, visit www.theexchange.cc. Or you can join us for one of our Sunday gatherings each Sunday at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. So excited today to kick off a brand new series that we are calling Priorities. Priorities. The reality is every one of us live by priorities. Maybe you don't have them written down on a piece of paper that's tucked away in your pocket or your purse, and maybe you don't have them like typed in your phone somewhere, but every day, whether we realize it or not, we all live by a set of priorities in our life that shape who we are. Uh, I was reminded of this my junior year in college. Uh, welcome week back, my first year back of my junior year in college. I went to our welcome week cookout, had some buddies from school go with me. There's a lot of people from the school there. When I got to the welcome week cookout, I met a good looking girl by the name of Heather, and I thought, yes, ma'am, I need to get to know her. All right? And, and some of you boys, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there before too. And I was like, yes, I will. And I did. And so over the next four years, I got to know her. Man, I took her on dates. I bought her gifts. I spent money on her, more money than I spent on anybody in my entire life, all right? I went to see some chick flick movies. Some of my fellas in the room filling me on that, all right? Man, I rearranged my school schedule just so that we could have some classes together. I stayed up till all hours of the night talking on the phone to her. I wrote poems. I wrote notes. I wore certain shirts because she said, I like that shirt. And I'm like, I'll wear that shirt, all right? And ultimately, I bought a ring. And I asked her to spend the rest of her life with me. You know why? Because that day at that cookout, she became a priority in my life. She became a huge priority in my life. And you know what it did? It shaped me. Because that's what priorities do. Priorities shape us. And so today I want us to begin to realize that, that priorities shape us. They shape our day, they shape our week, they shape our month, they shape a new year. They will shape your life and every day, whether you acknowledge it or not, we're all living by a set of priorities. For some of you, it's your kids, right? It's your kids and they they are top priority in your world. As a result of that, they get so much of your time and so much of your attention and a whole lot of your pocketbook too. For some of you, maybe you're in a dating relationship. Maybe you're engaged. You're kind of like I was back in college, and it's that one person. It's like, man, you can't wait to message them, snap them, see them, hang out with them, because that's it. They are top priority in your world. For others of you, it's different. Like your job's top priority. Or maybe maybe it's your finances and trying to be better in 2019. Or maybe it's a hobby that you got. Or maybe it's an addiction that you battle. Or maybe it's your family. We all have different things that are priorities in our life. And as a result of that, they shape who we are. So today we're kicking off a brand new series called Priorities, Reshaping What is Shaping You. So if you have a copy of scripture, you can open up with me to Matthew chapter 6, beginning of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be in one main verse today, right there in Matthew 6, towards the end of the chapter. I'll tell you about it in just a second. But if you don't have a harder digital copy of scripture, we'll put some verses on the screen behind me as we kind of walk throughout God's word today. Um, Today, as we kick off this series around the idea of priorities, I want us to see this. I want us to see that order in our life matters. Order in your life and mine matters. The way that we prioritize and order our world creates and impacts the lives that we experience. The way that you order your life creates and impacts the way that you live. Um, Let's just talk about it this way, okay? For any of my married folks in the house, you know that order matters a lot, all right? So let's talk about something really significant in your relationship, like loading the dishwasher. 
Some of you are feeling me already, all right? Because you know what happens, right? Whenever it's your turn, or some of you, whenever it's your turn to load the dishwasher, you just take whatever out of the sink, and you stick it wherever in the dishwasher. Some of you, you take the cups, the small cups, and you put them on the bottom shelf of the dishwasher, and everybody knows that ain't what goes on the bottom shelf of the dishwasher. Come on, right? What goes on the bottom shelf? The big stuff, the plates, the pans, the dishes, so that you can have more room for more of them, right? But some of you, you refuse. Order does not matter. And I think really if that's you and you load the cups on the bottom, God's just tolerating you, okay? You're going to come around one day. But order matters. Or what about this? What about grocery shopping? Order matters. Now, for some of us, myself included, we go shopping without a grocery list. Anybody willing to admit, like, you are a non-list grocery shopper? All right. A lot of honest people in the room today. That's good. You're at church. That's you should be, okay? Man, we go, and you know what that is? You know what that's called? That's called dangerous shopping is what that's called because you know what happens? We don't buy what needs to go in the pantry. We, we, we buy what we want to go in our stomach at that moment because we're hungry, all right? But for some of you, you're on the other side. You got, like, grocery shopping superpowers. That's what you are. You like you pull out your phone, you got like a blueprint of every aisle in the whole store. You got Walmart, you got Kroger, you got Piggly Wiggly, all in there. And you know, it's like, you know what aisles to go down and what aisles to not go down. Because you're like, we got a coupon for that aisle. We don't even touch that aisle because that aisle is dangerous over there. And it's like you got grocery shopping superpower because there's order and it matters. You see, order matters in our life. Priorities are what matters for us. And so today I want to propose that a life that God blesses, a life that is lived on purpose for Him, a life that God empowers with His Spirit, is not just about what we offer to God, but it's about the order in which we offer it. Let me say that again. A life that God moves through, a life that God blesses, is not so much just about the things in our life that we offer to Him. Like some of us, we say, well, God, you can have kind of, you can have like some of this area of my life and you can have a little bit of this. No, none of that. But you can have some of this. That's not what God calls us to. I believe what we're going to see today is that God calls us to say, God, I'm going to order and prioritize my life in an order that pleases you. That pleases you. Because here's the truth today. God must be first. He, can, he really cannot not be first. He must be first in our life. And when God is first in every area of our life, it's amazing how it brings order to our life. I didn't say it makes it easy, but I say that it gives purpose and order to our life. However, on the other hand, if God's not first in every, every, in every area of your life, it's amazing how disorder will happen. I want you to see today what Jesus himself said in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Some of you are going to know this verse. Here's what Jesus said. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. These are the words of Jesus, the Son of God, Savior of the world, and he says what? Seek first. Seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be given to you as well. Jesus said, make God first. Make him top priority. He gets your first and he gets your best because that's what shapes your life. And so in light of that verse, Matthew 6, 33, where Jesus says, seek first, today what we're going to do is we're going to make three declarations about first in our life, different first in our world as we walk into a new year to say, God, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this first, okay? And so if you're tracking with me, that's where we're going to go today. Three declarations, and the first 
first that I want us to talk about is the beginning of our day. And so here's our first declaration. With the first of my day, I will seek God. With the first of my day, I will seek God. And the first of the day, we're going to pursue time with God. Now, the goal here is not to be legalistic or ritualistic, okay? If you wake up and nature's calling, you better answer, all right? If you wake up and your breath stinks, okay, don't go pray to God first or talk to anybody else. Go brush your teeth. If you wake up and you're one of those people that you got to have a great cup of coffee to have a great day, you need to go get the coffee going before you get your eyes open, all right? What we're saying is those things are okay, but here's what we're saying. God, before I do anything significant with my day, you get first. You get first dibs because I want to make you top priority. In the first of my day, I will seek God. Here's what David writes. Look at this. Psalm chapter 63, verse 1. He says, you, God, are my God. And he says, earnestly, or some of your versions may actually say, early, early, I will seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. David said, early, I'm going to seek God because time matters. Priority matters. Order matters. When you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the account of Jesus' life and the life that he lived. And there's a lot of things that he did really consistently. And over and over, we read about him. Like, he performed a lot of miracles. We see that happen over and over. Um, He preached hope and truth to multitudes of people over and over. Um, He was healing people uh, multiple times. He hung out with the disciples a lot. But if you don't really lock in, there's, there's one habit, consistent pattern in Jesus' life that you may miss. And that is that frequently, consistently, he was engaging and spending time with the Father. That even when people were sick and they needed him, even when people were like, Jesus, 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 you got to come, 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 come. Jesus made it important. He made it a priority in his life to spend time with his Father. And it's not just that he got away to do that, but Scripture even tells us some when he got away. Look at this, Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. In other words, Jesus beat everybody up. Before anyone else was awake, before the sun rose in the east, before creation woke up, Jesus said, it's a priority for me to engage and spend time and pursue and seek the Father. So let me ask you this question. If the Son of God needed to connect with his Father before he started the day, how much more do you and I? How much more do we need to make that a priority? Now listen to me. It's not that when you seek God in the first of the day, it's not like you can't pray at lunchtime or you can't read some scripture in the afternoon or at night. But here's the thing. There's something special about the first part of the day. There's something special about God giving God the first and the best off the top because you know what happens? It shapes your day. It reshapes you and me, and it shapes the day that we will live. And so it matters. And so what we're saying today is in the first of the day, God, I'm going to seek you. I will pursue you. It may be five minutes today and 25 minutes tomorrow, but God, you get my first. Now, as we kicked off 2018 together, we introduced you um, to a new resource for our family, and we called it the Life Journal. 
Um, and the Life Journal was really this. If, if you kind of joined our family recently, it was a reading plan. And then we also kind of coupled that with a notebook so that you could journal what you're reading. And so here's what happened with that reading plan and that, that uh, resource with our family in 2018. I mean, we had different life groups that engaged the reading plan, and they did that together as a group. Um, we preached from the Life Journal uh, about seven or eight times from the reading on Sunday so that we're all learning in that together. I mean, we were posting verses about uh, the Life Journal reading on Sunday social media, but most importantly, most importantly, we had a number of people from our family personally engage God's word and even journal some of what God was teaching them on a deeper level or for some of them for the first time ever. And it was awesome. I mean, that's, that's what we long to see happen, that we would engage and give God our first. And so as we start 2019, now I'm really pumped to announce life journaling going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. However, we are making a few small tweaks to make it a little more easily accessible and relatable to all of us. And so this year, we are challenging and encouraging all of us to do what we're saying today, to give God the first of our day. We're going to seek you by engaging your word. And so here's how we're going to do that. This year, we're challenging everybody in our family, whether you're a student, single adult, married couple, older adult, we're challenging you to read through the New Testament across the course of 2019. Now, let me tell you what that looks like. If you look at the New Testament, back half of the Bible, the back 27 books, Matthew to Revelation, you know how many chapters there are in the New Testament? 260. If you look at our physical calendar and you take out the weekends, you take out Saturdays and Sundays, you know how many days there are left? 260. Almost like God kind of made that for us. And so, you know what that means? That means for you to read through the New Testament in one year, means that you would read one chapter five days a week. You ain't even got to be perfect. You don't have to go seven for seven, just five days. That's it. You get, you get lost, you catch up in a couple of days. So that's the challenge that we're making to our family across the course of 2019. I mean, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're new to the faith, whether you're experienced in your faith, we're just asking you to engage God's word, to read through the New Testament during 2019. Now, I know for some of you last year, you went hardcore, all right, and you read the whole Bible plan. You read the full thing, and here's what I'm saying. That's awesome, and we don't want you to change that commitment at all. We would ask you to use last year's plan or find you something that engages the Old Testament and the New Testament, couple it with what we're going to introduce today, and you guys walk through that as you go, God, you get first in my day. And I, and I mean, I'm reading the whole thing. And so we're not elevating the Old Testament above the New Testament. We're just simply trying to make God's word as engageable as possible for all of us as we walk through that together. Now, here's what we're also doing. We're going to change the way that we deliver and remind you to read through the Life Journal each week. Because here's what I know what happened. Man, last January, we got all fired up. And everybody's excited about it. And then by about January the 27th, we were like, mm-hmm, I forgot it, all right? And then we preached from it in March, and you were like, I'm back in, back in. Here we go, spring break. I got it. And then by March 20th, you were like, mm, I don't even remember where I put my pamphlet, all right? And so last year, we, you could go out to Info Services, and we had a pamphlet, and you could open it up, had like a million billion words in it. And you're like, oh, my word. <laughs> this feels like a college final. I'm not taking this. And so here's what we're doing. This year, we're changing the way we're going to deliver the way that you are reminded and you know about what we're reading together. And so here's what I'm asking everybody in the room to do right now, all right? Everybody in the room, pull out your smartphone. Everybody pull out your phone, all right? Whether it's smart or it's a dumb phone, just pull it out, either one, okay? And here's what I'm going to say. If you right now are going, you know what, God, I'm making this declaration. I'm, the first of my day, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to see, and I want to I use this life journal. I want to do it together with my spiritual family. Then here's what I'm asking you to do right now. I want you to text the word Bible, 
B-I-B-L-E, just in case you didn't know how to spell it, Bible, text the word Bible to 601-397-6111. You can see the number right there. I'm going to slide out of the way so some of you can see it. The system may blow up because we're all texting at one time, but it'll all be good. And and as you text, some of you are texting, so I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. When you text that, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a reply text back that we have created, and in that, it's going to do this. It's going to ask you, hey, would you also like to receive a reminder via email? If you would, click on that email and let us see your email, all right? If not, you just keep the text. Some of you may want text and email. If you just want email, then subscribe to the email and then go, stop sending me text, all right? We'll stop sending you text. So here's what's going to happen. When you subscribe to that, one time every week, whether through text message or email, you're going to get a prompt on Sunday evening about what that week's reading is. Just one text reminding you so that you'll never forget. You know why? Because you take your phone everywhere you go. I know, I've seen you, all right? Some of you walk around like this, okay? You'll never forget what the reading is. You just scroll back to Sunday's text. That's it. So everybody engages with that. So that's one way that we're going to deliver that to you every single week. Now, here's what I'd also encourage you to do, okay? I'd also encourage you to stop by Info Services today and grab a Life Journal notebook. It's totally free. It's our gift to you. Now, why I need a notebook? I don't even know. I type in my phone. Listen. Last year, we introduced the notebook to you because here's what happens. You remember and you potentially live out what you write down more than what you just read. I know some of you are really smart, but listen to me. You live out and remember more of what you write down than what you just read. So here's what the Life Journal notebook became for us. It became an avenue for us to write down and record what God was teaching us. And so we introduced you to something we didn't create, but it's just a method for as you study scripture, and it was called SOAP. It used the acronym of SOAP. And so here's what that looks like. I'm going to give it to you in a 30-second nutshell. But if you want to know more about it, go back to our rooted message last January, and I'll walk through it step by step, okay? S-O-A-P, so you find a scripture. So we're reading Matthew uh, chapter 1. Tomorrow's reading, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I skipped that slide, but tomorrow, Matthew chapter 1 through 5. That's what we're sending you tonight. So if you subscribe, it's coming to you. Matthew 1 through 5 is where we're going this week. So you pick one verse from Matthew chapter 1. You go, that's my scripture for the day. I'm going to write it down. And then O is for observation. Hey, here's, man, as I read that, there's a question I got. Or, man, here's something cool that I think that I've never seen that before. And you write something down under observation, a couple of sentences. And then A, man, whatever we read, we want to apply to our life. And so we write application. Here's what God's teaching me. I'm going to live differently today, this week. I'm going to be reshaped because of what I just read. And then finally, we end that with P, with a prayer. where We're going, God, thank you for what you taught me today. God, you are holy, you're righteous. I don't want to build my life on your love, just like we sang a while ago. And so that's the SOAP method, using that. Now, the final thing that I want to tell you about that some of you need to be connected with is I know many of you live on your smartphone. That's the day that we live in today. I'm, I'm a lot like you. And so I would encourage all of you, or some of you already have this, to download the Version Bible app. A lot of you already have it on your phone. It's totally free. Whether you got Android, Apple, whatever you are, I would encourage you to download the Bible app. Here's why. All right, we don't have a, there's not a specific plan on the Bible app that directly connects with our reading, all right? But here's what the Bible app does for you. It gives you multiple versions of scripture from message all the way to KJV, whatever your preference is. And for some of you who go, well, you know what? I'm not really good at reading. It'll read it to you. You ain't even got excuses anymore. How good is that? So when you're on the road, on the way to work, you're like, life journal, oh shoot, I forgot. Click play. When you stopped at a red light, okay? All right. And so multiple ways for us to engage God's word. And here's what we're saying. Here's what we're saying. God, you get first. 
God, with the first of my day, I will seek you. So these are just resources to make available to you that we're all going to walk through together from our family. So you're here to talk about the Life Journal a lot this year. All right, here's the second declaration of 2019. You ready? Second is this, with the first of my week, I will worship God. With the first of my week, I'm going to make it a priority to not just seek God with the first of my day, but to worship God with the first of my week, with my spiritual family, collectively with the body of Christ. It's going to be important to me this year. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 7. It says this, on the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Scripture is talking about the early church in Jerusalem, and it says that on the first day of the week, they made it a priority. It was important to them to get together to worship God collectively. Can I give you a staggering statistic? A survey conducted not too long ago said this, that of American churchgoers, 48% of everyone who called themselves a churchgoer in America attends church once a month. Once a month. If my pearl math is straight, that's 12 times. Now, you might say, well, man, oh, that's not good. Like, I'm so glad it's different at the exchange. And I would tell you, like, we don't keep roll of everybody who's here every week, but we have enough numbers to track that the average person in our area goes to church about once a month. All right? Now, for some of you, it's a little more frequent. But the average church goes once a month. Now, as we look at the book of Acts, the original church, the origin of the church, when Jesus says, I'm going to build my church, there's something very, very different. And I want you to see just a snapshot into that. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Look at this verse. It says, they devoted, keyword, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And we're going to skip down to verse 46. And look at this. It says, every day, every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, kind of like a life group for us. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. And look at what happened. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. How cool was that? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you hear the drastic contrast between, well, I, I come when I can, or life's super busy, or I got some other important things, and every day they devoted and got, you hear the difference in that? Now, what, what's the difference? Is it because they were more holy than us? I don't think so. I think what it is, is they were just more honest about how much they needed one another. They were more honest about making that a priority, that God gets the first of my week and I matter in the family. I want to be honest with you today, and I want to tell you just one of the greatest things that breaks my heart as, as a young pastor is, is this, all right? But yet I watch it happen over and over and over again, all right? And it's this right here. I mean, as I watch people walk into our building here, and God's done some incredible things in our family across six years. Um, but as I watch people walk in, and then they see the joy of Jesus in our gathering, and they experience that, and they see the joy of what God's doing through videos and men, our different ministries that we're a part of, and the way we serve our city, and they're like, man, this is awesome, and they, and they connect. Maybe they connect through um, being a part of a life group, or maybe they jump in, they're like, man, I want to serve and be a part of a team, and, and God used my gifts, and some of them even take the step of believer's baptism. And they, and they, this is what they say. They say, God, this is a priority. You get my first, the first of my week. It matters. I'm going to bring it to you. I'm for you. And they're so bought in and sold out. But then, but then something happens. And it looks different. I've learned that. It looks different for a lot of different people. 
Okay? Sometimes it's like, oh, man, life and work got real busy. Or for other people, it's like, man, something happened in life, and I got ashamed because of the decision I made, or I got overwhelmed because this went down. Or for other people, it's like, well, I got offended, and somebody said something and ticked me off and pressed my button, and I didn't like it. And Then do you know what happens more times than not? They disappear from the family. I'm just telling you, I've watched it happen not tens, not dozens, but probably hundreds of times. And can I just tell you who wins in that situation? The enemy. The enemy wins in that situation. Here's why. Because if he can get you busy, if he can get you isolated, or if he can get you offended with the very thing that God created you for, here's what he knows. You'll make it less and less of a priority. And he wins, and you don't, and the family doesn't win. And so here's, man, here's just an honest plea with you as your pastor in 2019. Would you make a decision right now as a student, as a couple, as young, no matter what happens in life, no matter what happens in our spiritual family, I, I tell you all the time, it's not a matter of if we will let you down as a part of our family, it's just a matter of when. If you ain't been let down, you just ain't been here long enough, okay? And it'll probably start with me. But here's what I'm telling you. Would you make it a commitment to not let that be you in 2019? Don't let the enemy win, no matter what. God, you get my first. On the first of my week, I will be with my spiritual house because my place matters. You belong here. Your gift matters. Your story matters. Your role in our family matters. You matter. Now, does that mean we're expecting you to be here 52 out of 52 weeks? No, I ain't going to be here 52 out of 52 weeks. But here's what we're saying. Order matters. God, you're a priority. And so I want to be engaged with my family because I know that is what shapes me. And so if you're new to our family, maybe you just walked in as we start 2019 or you've been here for a little while and maybe you just kind of been a number in a seat and you slide out because that's how you like to do things. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up what Brian said earlier. The fastest and the best way to connect is one of these two things or both of these things. It's to jump in and serve on one of our teams. It takes over 100 people to make our gatherings happen every week, all right? To jump in and serve on one of our teams or to connect with a life group. We've got groups for men and women and couples, all right? And it don't mean you're in recovery. It just means you need people in your life because we all do. And so you know what? You can do that right now. Like the connection card that Brian referred to earlier, just pull it out. And you're like, okay, he talked about this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Just check it. We're just going to call you and give you some information. That's it. All right? The fastest and best way to connect is serving on a team or connecting with a group. And all of us should be in that, obediently walking together. So with the first of my day, I'm going to seek God. First of my week, I'm going to worship God together. And then here's the last declaration that we're going to make together, and it's this. With the first of my resources, I will trust God. With the first of my resources, I will trust God. God calls us to trust him with the first of our financial resources. My scripture says by bringing him a tithe. Now, I want to read to you what Leviticus 27 verse 30 says. Look at it. It says, a tithe is everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, and it belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So scripture says a tithe is a tenth of whatever God blesses you with. Whatever God gives you is a tenth of that. But notice what scripture says. It doesn't just say it's 10% of your income. It says it's the first tenth of what you bring in. Remember what we said? God must be first. He cannot not be first. But when he is first, he brings order and direction 
and purpose and provision to your life. Did you know that in Scripture, God never calls us to give our tithe? He never calls us to give our tithe. Know why? Because you think you can't give something that doesn't belong to you in the first place. God calls us to bring our tithe back to him, but not to give it. Why? Because it all belongs to him. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Everything we have, everything we are belongs to him. And then do you know what he does? He looks at all of us and he goes, man, I'm going to trust you with this amount and you with this amount, you with this amount, you with this amount. And then here's what he says. Hey, I want you to trust me back. As I entrust to you, I want you to trust me back. And that's what happens when we tithe. And I've said it so many times here in our family that, that tithing, bringing our tithes and our offerings to God, it's not a money issue. It's a trust issue. It's not a money. Generosity does not start with abundance. It starts with obedience. It's a trust issue. And so here's what happens. All of us, when we get paid at my house, at your house, when we get paid and we get that check, we go, God, man, I'm grateful for that check, which is a little bit more, but I'm grateful for that check. We take a test. Every one of us, whether you get paid every two weeks or once a month, you take the test. And here's the test. Who am I going to trust more with the money that's in my account? God? Or me. I mean, I know like you made the heavens and the earth and you call the stars by name. I know, I know, I know. You got a lot going on. But like, I, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to manage it, right? See how crazy that looks? And we say, God, like, okay, am I going to manage what I've got? And then if I got a little leftovers at the end of the month, like, oh, man, if I got a little bit, I'll give you some, right? How many times are there not leftovers? Or do we go, hey, God, I'm, you go first. It, it was yours anyway. You entrusted this to me. God, you get first. And then we look at the God who calls out the stars by name and we say, God, I'm going to trust you to bless and to multiply and to expand and to provide through the rest of the 90% for me. God gets first. And I've watched this uh, be lived out at my house in a beautiful way. Our daughter, Kate, um, 15, uh, that we adopted a little over a year ago, um, over the last year, she's had multiple opportunities to babysit just for different people, different avenues. And man, as I watch her every single time, every single time she walks in from babysitting, she's got her cash in her hand that she made. And before the cash ever hits the dresser, she is factoring what is that 10% off the top, the first that belongs to God. And then I walk in her room later and she'll have the cash laid out on her dresser with a big note on top that says tithe. And I can't tell you um, what that does for me as her dad, how proud that makes me that at such a young early age with the very first that she's learning to make, that she's going, God, you get first. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. You know, 2018 was a crazy, good, generous year as the exchange family. And just to let you in, like as a church family, collectively, um, we gave more back to God. We, so let me correct that. We brought more back to God than we ever have in one single year. You know what happened as a result of that? Um, we got to reach more people than we ever have in one single year because you were faithful and obedient and generous. God allowed us to reach. And so as a result of that, man, we got to send thousands of dollars to missions um, locally, nationally, internationally. We got to give thousands of dollars to brand new church plants, just like us six years ago. Um, we got to give thousands of dollars to people who are in need um, and hurting and broken. And, and we also got to spend thousands of dollars on opportunities to love and serve and bless our city. It was, it was phenomenal. And in 2018, there were over 50 individuals or family units who for the very first time said, God, I'm going I'm to trust you with my first, and I'm going to tithe, and I'm going to trust you. Over 50 different individuals and family units. That's awesome. 
That's amazing news. But can I ask you a question? Just in all seriousness, what about you? Like, are, are, you, are you trusting God with your first? To go, God, you, you're worthy of the first that I got. And if not, why not? I can't answer that. Only you and God know, okay? If not, why not? Heard a quote from a pastor one time, and he asked this question. I've never forgot it. He says, are you unable to tithe because you're broke? Or are you broke because you're unable to tithe? So I wonder, like, what would it look like for you as an individual, as a couple, as a family? And I get it. You go, no, like, we don't got that much in the account. Like, I get it. But you know what? God gives different amounts to different people. You know why? Because he knows that's how much he can trust you with. So what would it look like for you as a couple, as an individual, as a family, to trust God with your first this year? What would that look like? So there's three declarations today. God, you get the first of my day. I'm going to seek you. God, you get the first of my week. Man, I'm going to be with my family and worship together. And God, you get the first of my resources. It may be hard, but I'm, I'm going to trust you because it all belongs to you anyway. I'm going to let you manage. Now, I want to make one clarification today as we get ready to close. I believe, I really do, I believe that God wants you and, and me and our church family to live a more faith-filled, God-empowered year in this, in this coming year than in any year past. I believe God wants that, and I believe God can do that. But we have to understand something about this God being first thing. Here's the reality today. We don't put God first. God already is first. God already, he, he, we've said it today, he cannot not be first. He cannot. God, God is first before all things. Before the earth was whispered into existence, God was there. Before he created mankind in his image and he was like, man, we can love this creation and they can love us, God was there. Before sin came into the picture in humanity, God's already creating this plan of redemption. He's like, man, I'm going to love first. I'm going to go first. God, make no mistake, we don't put God first because God is first. He always has been, always will be. Nothing will ever change that. Doesn't matter how crazy the world gets, he'll always be first. And so our response of giving God our first is because he already is first. He's already there. And I want, you to, I want you to see something. If you go back and you look at that main passage today, Matthew chapter six, I encourage you to read it later if you haven't. Our main verse today, verse 33, is put in a really interesting place by Jesus. If you didn't notice, it's at the end of a passage. And in my Bible, that section is titled, Do Not Worry. What the section's titled. Do not worry. Here's what I know as we enter 2019. Without even knowing all of your names, here's what I know. I mean, you're walking into a new year, and a lot of you are filled with worry. Maybe it's fear, or doubt, or anxiousness. Okay? And, and maybe it has to do with your job. Maybe something going on with your job, or it's your marriage, or the kids, because they're crazy, or it's your family, or it's this health thing that you gotta. Like you got to take on in 2019 or it's your future. It could be a number of different things. But for you, man, like it's, it's worry, it's concern. Yeah, like you made some New Year's resolutions, started a couple of habits, you've held on to them for six days. But like, man, your life, this worry, concern, and there's fear. You know what? When Jesus taught Matthew 6, you know what? He taught to a crowd just like you. And do you know what he said? You know what he said to their worry and concerns? Here's what he said. Put God first. Order matters. Seek him first, worship him first, trust him first. 
because order matters. See, when the worship of your life is in order, it is crazy how the worries of your life will fade away. When the worship of your life, that means your day, your month, your year, your time, your energy, your resources, your purpose. When the worship of your life is in order, it's crazy how the worries of your life will fade away. You see, what you make as a student, as an adult today, what you make as a priority this year will shape who you will become and how you will live this year. It will. So today, man, I wonder, will you take the commitment? Will you make the choice? Will you accept the challenge to go, God, you will be first no matter what. No questions asked. You will be first so that you are what shapes my life. Let's pray together. Thanks again for listening to this message. For more information about The Exchange or to find out how you can connect with or support what God is doing, visit www.theexchange.cc. Now go, be the church, and give life.